Great. Hello, uh, this is John Belmonte from AutoVitals. I'm joined by Chris Maggard, also uh, heads up uh, customer success training and uh, lots of other important things here at AutoVitals. Today, we are joined by Eric Boyle uh, with Sterling Auto Repair. Uh, and the topic of the day is uh, driving adoption of digital tools by your staff uh, to help drive uh, shop success. So um, as we know, there's lots of different ways that uh, shops and shop owners are, are driving adoption of digital vehicle inspections, of uh, workflow, of CRM. Uh, it, you know, the, the, the tools in the end, I think, you know, shops all agree and employees all agree, these tools are beneficial for efficiency and growth, uh, customer satisfaction, uh, retention, uh, but sometimes it takes a little bit longer uh, for some shops to drive adoption amongst their their team members. So uh, I was hoping maybe, um, Eric, you could tell us a little bit more about uh, your onboarding experience here and then and really, you know, how you got your uh, technicians and your service advisors to see the value and uh, and adopt the tools uh, as they were rolled out. Okay, sure. Um, yeah, we kind of first started with obviously, you know, just creating our own inspection and got them to participate in in that process of what we're going to be looking at and and what our actions are to choose from or our findings and whatnot. And then once we kind of got everybody to start doing the inspections and learning how to do them, then we struggled. Their first hurdle was, okay, we need to get the right amount of photos and the right type of photos. So we first started by implementing a picture policy, which outlined certain photos that were required for each inspection. So we at least had those and then any photos of anything that they found wrong or would need future attention. So we started implementing that and that kind of got us going. And then I think the big thing that really got the buy-in was we had some, we had some team meetings and in one of those meetings, um, we had a big monitor set up and we, we used the, the business control panel for the shop meeting. And using that tool, I was able to show them like when certain numbers are up, like motorist research time and um, inspection rate, things like that, the ARO would typically follow those numbers. So when you do these things, then your ARO and your car count and your hours per RO also tend to follow that trend. So once they kind of saw that, they could they could see the power of what we're doing, how it can be used for the customer. And then my service riders would back that up because they would simply let the technicians know, like whatever you guys put on the inspection, it sells itself. We don't have to really struggle at it to sell it. If they, they see it, they call us and just want to take care of it. So now the technician knows, okay, well, if I spend the time to do this, they're going to sell this work. I'm not wasting my time doing all this inspections and doing all this stuff and then not getting the job. Right. So they really like that. And then so from there, what we did is we, I kind of sit down, it took a while, this is over a course of time, but, you know, working with Chris and, and, and stuff on, on the program, I really started to use the, the insights and the multi-shop stuff. So we had another shop meeting with my team here and I showed them the multi-shop on the, on the um, business control panel. And we looked at comparable shops to where to our size. And we looked and we talked about what they're doing. Okay, here's here's their metrics, here's their KPIs, here's ours. And you know, 
most technicians are are pretty competitive in today's world. I mean, so they they don't want you know they want to be the top shop. You know, they want to they want to have the the bigger numbers. So we kind of basically use that data to set the bar for ourselves. So can we get here to what this shop's doing? Because look at what they're doing in revenue, and then if we you know we make this kind of money, then this is what we're going to make for ourselves. So mm-hmm. that's what kind of set set up the guidelines for it. I would say. So then what I what I did from there was using the insights, I picked out certain KPIs that I feel that are somewhat in control between the service rider and the technician, the ones that they have control over. So like some examples would be like in, the inspection rate. They totally have control. Both of them have control of the inspection rate. The service rider has got to get it on the, on the ticket, got to make sure it gets done. The technician has got to actually do it. So we have the inspection rate, and we set a goal for that. Um, did you want to go into like my, my goal numbers or? Yeah, what were you thinking? that'd be great. Yeah. Okay. So, okay. So like inspection rate, we would set the bar for, we want 80, 80 plus percent inspection rate. And so we would go over that together and then, um, we would set up a, the average number of pictures per RO and our target was 15 to 20 pictures per RO. We got to have some photos on there to have something to work with for the customer to see, to engage with. So we got to have a certain amount of those. Um, also we would, we would track, we would keep an eye on the number of recommended jobs that came from the inspections. And our goal was right around seven or eight recommended jobs per inspection. They could be something very minor or something as an air filter or something more major, or it could be, you know, you need to check this out or diagnose this problem. Um, then we would look at the percentage of edited photos. And I think Chris can attest to this. When we first started doing this, we were like, I don't know, 2%. (laughs) something like that. And then we got this going and, you know, I, I kind of talked to my service writers and the next thing you know, we're about 50%. So, and once they started doing it, they saw, again, customers were like really interested in fixing what they had highlighted because when it's not highlighted, they just kind of look at the picture and don't know what they're looking at. Yeah. So that really helped us out tremendously on the photos. Um, we'd also look at the inspection scent rate. Because I would tell the, and this I bring this up in a shop meeting because if you're asking the, the technician to do a good inspection and do a good job, then the service rider better dang well send it, because otherwise the technician is not going to want to do it if the service rider is not going to send it to the customer. So we look at that, and then so now we're now the technicians are kind of holding they're each holding each other accountable. The service rider is holding the technician accountable to do the inspection. Now the technicians holding the service rider accountable to edit the photos and send the inspection because they get to see what their matrix is, what their numbers are too. Mm-hmm. In our next meeting, they would get to see what they're doing. And then um, we would look at the average research time for the motorists, and we've grown that number, I mean, huge bounds. I mean, we were, I think, under 100 seconds before, and now I think we're, we, you know, three to 500 is where we try to stay right now. Um, then another couple things I look at was uh, tech technician proficiency. I feel that one's the most important because the efficiency and productivity, yes, they're important, but the, I found those two numbers can be manipulated by the technician a little bit, one way or the other. They can manipulate either one of those numbers. But no matter what they do, it doesn't. the proficiency is kind of like the bottom line. That's where it all comes together. That's the number I, I really focus on. And I try, try and how to get do you define a technician? How do you think about, and how do your folks think about technician proficiency? Um, that's what we, that's what we kind of look at because the efficiency obviously is how long it takes them to do that particular job. You know, the job pays 
four hours and they do it in four hours, it's 100% efficient. Well, the technicians don't really have trouble with that, that number at all. And that's the number that they can kind of manipulate because if they don't stay clocked onto the job the entire time, then that number is not really that accurate. Okay, productivity obviously is a number of how much time in the day that they've spent clocked into vehicles versus being on no activity or doing something else. So the proficiency really works for us because that, that basically tells us, I mean, total, doesn't matter what they were doing with their, their tablet, that's the bottom line number. I mean, if you're yeah. 80%, I mean, you got 80% work done today versus how long you're on the clock. So that's, that one doesn't lie. You know, right. the other ones can be kind of manipulated is what I found. Yeah. I still look at them because if we have someone that's really low productivity numbers, we're going to talk to them like, okay, well, what's going on? You're not getting enough work or, you know, why are we so much downtime? Mm -hmm. So we still use those numbers, but we really kind of, we kind of score off of the proficiency number, which is my favorite. Hmm. Um, okay. And we also look at the service rider efficiency to make sure that they're actually selling enough build hours to, for these guys to hit their goals as well. So it's all part of it. It kind of makes it a team. So I, we bring all these stats together on shop meetings and kind of go over them together. And that's that, I think that's what really helped us out. And and what's in it? What's in it for the employees? Is it? Um, I mean, there's obviously you mentioned a level of competition or just pride. There's also a matter of just good performance. I mean, are there are there other incentives or motivators? Things around compensation or how else do uh, do team members or employees benefit? from this. Yeah. Okay. So, so both of them, you know, my service writers, they obviously get paid on sales commission. So they're already benefiting from the additional sales, which is part of their normal plan plan. Uh, the technicians, you know, they get productivity bonuses based on their hours. But what I did to draw the team together is I came up with a little bit of a bonus plan just on these KPIs from auto vitals that we, that we talk about in our meetings. And it was, I called it like the plus minus plan. So like what I would do is I would pick four KPIs, let's say four that relate to the technician and four that relate to the service riders because some of them are a little bit more, um, you know, in line with what they do. And so you put a price on each each of the four. Let's just say for round numbers, we didn't, we're going to do 500 per KPI. Mm -hmm. Okay, so we set a goal for these four KPIs. And if they hit that goal in the month, then they get 500 per per KPI. So that's $2,000. Okay. But it's a, I have it as a plus minus. So basically the way I look at it, some of these KPIs are just them doing their job. Right. Some of them they have to actually work at to earn it. So I figure, okay, so we're going to, we're going to factor all this in here. So what I did is the plus minus. So let's say they, they hit two of their KPIs, but the other two, they didn't. Well, you would get the plus for the two and then the minus for the two. So you would basically get nothing. Cause I mean, you're mm -hmm. doing 50% of what we're trying to do here. You're, you're doing 50% and maybe that 50% was kind of a give me because maybe the KPIs that you did do weren't really result of your extra effort. They were just, okay. Yeah. They all got sent, but the, you didn't do the editing part, you know? So, right. so basically you have four categories and if you hit the goal on all four, you could get $2,000. If you only do half the work and only let two of them go, then you're going to get nothing. Mm -hmm. So if you hit three, you would get, you would end up with $1,500 minus the 500 for the one you didn't do. So you'd get a thousand. So you could wow. actually get zero thousand or 2000 on that example. Yeah. Do the same thing for the technicians. Yeah. They kind, hey, of, Eric. They kind of motivate them to do that. 
question for you, Eric, when you're using yes. the BCP for your tracking and reporting, I know we, we, you know, dug into that pretty deeply. Um, yes. how frequently were you reviewing that with your employees? And also were they, did they have access to review and monitor that on their own to keep track of where they were for their bonus or their compensation plan? Um, they did not, I mean, I guess the service riders technically could have access cause they had it on their, on their workstation, but, um, we were doing, we were trying to do weekly meetings. Um, sometimes it would be biweekly, but we would be tracking it along the way. We were, we were on a groove there for a while. We were doing weekly meetings and we would kind of let them know where they, where they sit. And so this was not like, not like them tracking their hours and, and things like that. This was like an extra thing for really digging in and actually, focusing on the auto vitals program, using the tablet, doing, doing the work and editing the stuff and making sure the customers get it. And all those numbers kind of just kind of fall into place themselves once they actually use it. Absolutely. This was motivation to use it. And most of the time they would get all four or they might hit three of them and not get one. So then there would just be that one deduction. They would still get like basically, you know, half of it. So they, they were pretty good with that because it was all extra above and beyond what they were already doing. And they're basically getting paid extra for basically doing their job. And, and for doing stuff that's going to benefit them other ways. Right. Financially and, yeah, and, they and team it. and they less mayhem it. and everything. Right. They saw how much more organized it was and how customers would call in or customers would save that inspection and come back a month later and say, I want to do all of it. Wow. And so they, they started seeing how powerful it was. I mean, the technicians included because they would get the job back and go, oh, man, I remember, remember I checked that out like a month ago. Yeah, they want to do it all. Yeah, that's great. Um, either Chris or Eric, um, you know, most shops have at least one or two folks who, you know, dig their heels in or initially are very skeptical, uh, maybe think of themselves as old school, you know, whether they are or not. Uh, is that something that you ran into here? Uh, Chris, did you see that as you guys were working together? Or Eric, I mean, is that something you recall? And how'd you work through that? Oh, Eric, grab think. that one. I mean, maybe you can talk about, and I don't know how much Neil, um, your parts gentleman, how, how frequent, what was he doing with the program and was it benefiting him? Um, it, it does benefit him. The parts position is kind of a kind of a weird, like odd man out one as far as autobiles mm -hmm. goes, but he does use the TVP on a daily basis. So it does benefit him because he can see really quickly who's working on what job. And we use it. We use the special markers for him to identify where he put the parts for each job. So he'll, he'll let us know, let the technician know that the parts are in stock and they're in this particular bin number or location. So he does all that in the TVP. So he's in there all the time. And it does help him a lot when it comes time to estimate parts because he may have a question, is that a four-door or a two-door or whatever it is? He can look at the inspection and he can pull up the inspection and see the car. Hmm. And there's a lot, of, a lot of our picture policies have information in the photos that he uses all the time when, when, they, when they recommend stuff. He'll go to the inspection and see the picture of it and go, okay, well, it's obviously a four-wheel drive and it's four-door and it's this and that. So it works pretty good for him as well. Great. Um, remind me, remind me which uh, point of sale you use. Uh, we use Mitchell currently. Okay. And um, how's the integration with uh, Mitchell and AutoVitals works uh, works well and and gives you everything that you need? Yeah, we haven't had any trouble with the integration part of it at all. I mean, 
we've right. kind of hit the ceiling a little bit on some of Mitchell's limitations on what they could do as far as reporting. Um, but I mean, we have a lot of reporting and auto vitals to, to fall back on. So that, that helps us out a lot. Okay. Yeah, integration's right. good. Good. Yeah. That's and in the very beginning, I had a, I had a, um, a couple technicians and I had one of them. I thought, okay, this guy is going to give me the most trouble with wanting to go <laughs> digital. And he kind of surprised me because he was the one that was the most on board. It was, it was really bizarre, <laughs> but yeah. So you never know who's going to, who's going to, you know, be on board with it or not. But, but basically I've only had, uh, I want to say, and we've been doing this since I think 2015. So like seven years now, I've only had a couple, couple guys and they were new hires that I hired and I explained the process to them in the beginning. And when they got on board during their probationary period, they just, it wasn't for them. So they, they just couldn't do it. But as far as everybody that's been here and was here originally, I mean, they all, they all adapted to it and they saw the benefits. They liked the fact that they're not looking for these lost repair orders and, and trying to track these things down. And, you know, so that really helped them out too. And in, in their, uh, in their daily routine. Awesome. Yeah. I recall there was, so Eric's not too far from my home and I just popped in and did a little visit and we, um, one of the things that really, I think, set the tone too is sitting down with the technicians and letting them know, kind of like Eric mentioned before, they had buying in those inspection sheets. I think that was a, I don't remember, know if you remember that night, Eric, but I think it was pretty eye-opening for them to go, oh, well, I don't like this. Okay, that's great. Let's fix that. And having some feedback, because it tends to be when your technicians feel they have buy-in, within their inspection sheets, they feel they built that, they're more likely to want to use it. And I think that just really helps with the usage and the buy-in just in general with them. Right, yeah, I would agree. Yeah, because I actually created a little form um, that kind of had like basically the the topic and then the recommended action. And I kind of made a little form. And, and so they each have a copy at their toolbox. And when they were, and we've kind of got it all fine-tuned now, we don't have to do it so often, but we used to do that in the meeting once a month they bring their form to the meeting if they had any changes. And then what we do, we get enough changes set up. We would schedule one of our meetings. Okay. This meeting's going to be just together. We're all going to sit down and I'm going to pull it up on the big screen and we're going to, we're going to make those changes together so that we're all on the same page as to what that, what that item is and why we're changing it and, and what our choices are for the outcome of it. So we would do that together as a group for, we would buy lunch and all sit down and just edit the inspections. Right. Eric, um, correct me if I'm wrong too. One time, I believe you guys focused on quick wins. Did you focus on like fuel injection recommendations? Yeah, we, we did try that once. Um, we didn't have very good success with it. Um, I don't know if it's because of uh, Mitchell, but like, and also this, the, I think our culture up here in our, in our small town, it, some of those extra things like that are, are really hard, hard sales. People don't really tend to really want to go that way. It's not a little bit different in the dealership environment and the bigger, bigger cities I feel, but we did try that. Um, but yeah, we didn't have very good success with that part of it. Great. And um, how would you, again, question for both of you. I mean, so how would you describe the results? from uh, implementing auto vitals? I mean, obviously there's a ton of factors that have gone into, uh, that go into the success uh, of the shop. But, you know, and do you think about it in terms of ARO, in terms of efficiency, profitability, revenue, and in quality of life? I mean, what's, what's, what's your success look like? Okay. 
Yeah. And before I answer that, so to go back to Chris's question, I guess in a roundabout way, we did do some quick wins. Like I can tell you because we implemented like an example, we test every battery on every inspection with an actual battery tester and we photograph those results and we check every cabin filter and we photograph those cabin filters. So with those two items in particular, we probably sell more cabin filters and more batteries than any shop in town because we were checking them and we're showing the customer. Once the customer sees that rat nest in the cabin filter, they're not going to say not to do it. And once they see the battery results on the machine saying it failed and this is why it failed, they're going to say do it. So, so yeah, you can get some quick wins out of it. I mean, for us, we did try something different that we don't normally do. We were trying to do a, another one to track it. And when we tried the other one, that's the one that really didn't work out. But yes, we do get some quick wins. Um, but to answer that, uh, your question, uh, John, so for me, obviously the ARO and the sales are, I feel are kind of a byproduct of, of what you, it's what you get. It's one of your benefits you get. But for us, it was mainly being organized and being consistent. And that what those inspections have done and, and, and you can kind of see it in our reviews, our customers, they, they love them. And it, it earns their trust. And we're really transparent. And so that's, that's the biggest benefit for me is the customers really trust us. They, they come to really appreciate and value that inspection that we're not even charging them for. We're including it in their service. And they, they want it. And, they, and that's something the other shops in our town don't offer. And so it just it automatically elevates us above the rest of the shops in town. So those are the benefits to me is, is earning that customer's trust and maintaining that and, and staying organized to where we're all basically on the same page. We're all working off this particular vehicle's inspection. And so it doesn't matter who pulls it up, they can get up to speed real quick as to what the technician found. We're not scrambling for a piece of paperwork. We're not trying to read somebody's notes that we can't read. We're not trying to make up anything. It's right here in the photos. And the videos, of course, too. We try to do videos when we can because those are really very impactful as well. Yeah. Yeah. From, you, you know, working right, with. Go ahead, Eric. You do all that right. Your your win or your payoff is your your car count and your ARO and your, your retention. I mean, those numbers just grow automatically from, from doing this. Yeah. And I could say that, you know, I worked with Eric for quite a while um, until just recently him and I worked pretty closely together. We would have meetings at least once a month. And our focus was on making sure we're gauging the results. We're tracking the KPIs. What, you know, what does each department, let's say their advisors, you know, or their, their technicians, where are they falling shy? What do they need to do in order to make the improvements? And he was looking at it from a business perspective and also the buy-in for the advisors or the technicians, right? To help them hit their goals, what they needed to, in order to drive that compensation, which was driving more value. And just to see the transformation from where he started to where they're at now is pretty impressive. I mean, that's one of the things that I love to do is like, I'm here because I like to see the shop succeed and that's my reward. And, you know, Eric and them, they've done a great job. It was, you know, really an awesome um, partnership and working with him was great. And Eric, would you say it's a, um, would you say it's a differentiator and a value from Auto Vitals, the fact that you have a, a dedicated customer success advisor uh, who is committed to your account and uh, and with you and with the team, make sure that, you know, everything you need? Is that uh, is that sort of part of the success formula? 
Yeah, that, that's an absolute must because in the very beginning, I, I didn't have that when we first onboarded with you guys. It wasn't it wasn't structured that way, and so in the beginning, you're you know you need some help with the the physical parts of using the program and implementing it. But once you get past that, you, you need that those those monthly or weekly check-ins, whatever you have set up with your advisor that, like you said, like we worked, me and Chris worked together for so long that she begins to learn our business and how, how we're functioning and yep. where we're at. And, and she can see the growth and, and give us ideas on how to do things differently and, you know, come up with some, some things to try and, and then how we can track it. And so having that experience on, learning how to use the reports correctly, that's that's what ties it all together. Because, I mean, if you yeah. just have the program and, yeah, they get you going, well, that's not going to help you grow using the program. Right. You need that well, insight from, from the company to help you grow and how to use those numbers to your advantage. Yeah. And and we find, yeah, I mean, we hear that a lot. I mean, I think that's one of the benefits. That's one of the the unique things about auto vitals is that you do get that dedicated person. Yeah. And I know um, way back when you had uh, onboarded, we were kind of, we didn't have dedicated um, onboarding and training, but now from day one, actually started to say that uh, you didn't have it. It wasn't a thing <laughs> then, but uh, now everybody gets a dedicated trainer and onboarding person. We've had that for a while and it, it's worked really great. So um, it does work out. You, you build that rapport with that person. And like I said, you, you know, you, you, yeah. you kind of know what's going on. So, and they know what's going on with your, your situation. So, right. Well, and, and now the great news is, is that um, not only do a small number of our shops uh, really get the benefit of Chris Maggard's uh, wisdom and awesomeness, but now that she has uh, been promoted to the manager and the leader, uh, the queen bee of uh, the customer success advisor and trainers and, and whatnot, um, all, all shops uh, get a, 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 a sprinkle of that magic. So which is Such great for the company and, and great for the entire industry. Thank you. Thank you. Yes. Yes. <laughs> um, okay. Well, we've taken up a ton of your time. I, um, I really appreciate it. Uh, Eric Foyle, Sterling Automotive Repair, um, and Chris Maggart, who, um, uh, who is leading the charge over here from a customer success advisor and training standpoint. Uh, it's been really, really insightful, really helpful. Um, really excited to sort of share this knowledge with other folks. And uh, thanks again. I mean, and again, we, you know, we're, we're just enablers. So we learn a ton from folks like you. And I'm excited that, you know, we get to record a little bit of this and then kind of share it out with uh, other folks who are interested in getting to the level of success that Sterling has and that you have. So thanks, Eric. Really appreciate it. All right, yeah. Thank you very much for the consideration. I appreciate it. Great. Hopefully we'll get thanks, the Thanks, John. Thanks, Eric. Right. Thank you. Got it. Bye, Chris. Uh, bye. Bye, John. Bye.